I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Friday. Welcome in to Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. Dot com Three full hours with us here as we are live from the first United Bank studio. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass taking care of us. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. Remember that number here in a couple minutes. You're going to need it. Uh, you can also give us all your thoughts, comments, questions, predictions on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can take us anywhere with a mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're also streaming live on Fox 34 News now and on YouTube. Now, before we dive in today, again, 806-771-0973. If you call that number, we've got four tickets for tomorrow's matchup against Gardner-Webb. Against Again, Saturday is the day you're looking for. Four tickets. Call the Visual Edge IT hotline. We'll make it real simple. First caller gets the tickets. You have to uh, give Kyler a compliment on his Cowboys hat. That's it. That's all you have to do. So there you go. Get to dialing. Gus, how goes it? Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, busy Friday, but that's not a bad thing. Makes it go by fast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of busy Fridays, you've got a—I mean, you've got one chock full. You'll hang out with us here for a couple hours, and then you'll go over to the ballpark and get to calling some Red Raider baseball against Gardner Webb. Yep. Night when uh, six thirty, first uh, evening tilt or home evening tilt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's, this time next week we'll be be opening Big Twelve play, so it's just bonkers. It, it's funny because, you know, we've mentioned it several times. Like, hey, you know, that this Texas series is going to get here uh, quicker than you know. Um, and, and it's just it's going to be here. And whether you're ready for it or not, here come the Longhorns. And I'm sure they're saying the same thing because on the other side, they're starting on the road to start Big 12 play uh, against a very, very quality opponent. Just like the same things you're saying against them, except you're at home. Um, but now that you're, I mean, you're down to your last weekend series already before you see Big 12 play, it just is, it's crazy just how quickly it really, you, know, you can say it and right. then not realize it. Sure. So yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the new, it's, it's where we are at this point in time that the difference is, um, I guess it might've been this way for a couple years in the late aughts because the, the standardized start date that D1 baseball is using um, started in 08. And that means, yeah, I've described this to you, but before 08, you could just kind of, you had 56 game limit. You could start in January if you wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, or you could start later, whatever, but you were capped. And then there was a point at which they said, no, every, nobody starts before this date because the teams from the south were able to, you know, kind of get, get farther along with their pitching and whatnot. Anyway. Well, you had teams like uh, up like in Michigan and said, we can't understand why people don't want to come up here in January and start a series with this. <laughs> yeah, because you're cold. Yeah, exactly. Well, that and that's that's still a fact. But the yeah, you'd have you'd have some teams starting their season, some others that have already be twenty games in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of that was standardized in two thousand eight. And the Big Twelve, what we went from thirty games to twenty four in about twenty. I'd probably guess twenty twelve, maybe. And so we went from ten weekends to eight. And so we got sort of used to you know, almost four or five weekends of baseball before Big 12 play started. We would usually start our Big 12 conference series at the end of spring break, and a lot of times we were among the first to start because we can't play on finals weekend Mm -hmm. or in the past haven't been able to. Um, And so with we we would sort of have that finals weekend knockout. Um, You say we, Texas Tech, and so – um, you know, we're, we're sort of used to, to whatever it is, 12, 13 years of, of having four or five weekends of baseball before conference, and this year it's three. And so here we go. Uh, and Gardner-Webb's here. They play in the Big South over in North Carolina, and, you know, they've uh, they've, and they'll play like – they've already opened with Appalachian State. They, they'll play uh, the Tar Heels. They'll play Duke. You know, the, because they're within about a three-hour drive of a whole lot of good teams. They played South Carolina Gamecocks on Tuesday and got beat. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's. I would completely expect a uh, a much stiffer challenge than last week. How how much? I was going to ask what, what how much better because you're not, you're not expecting clearly any losses in here. But I mean, is it going to be just completely shocking if you? reach into the 20s again offensively yeah, and you have I, the same scores probably not getting a uh, 32 runs again in a game right. but if you want to i say go for it sure absolutely. i say let's see what it looks like in, in back-to-back weekends but <laughs> like just minimally minimally right as far as yeah i wouldn't Gardner webb being better than texas yeah Southern. yeah i wouldn't go to the ballpark i mean i don't know how they view their the depth of their arms i feel like they they you know just in talking to the coach i think they feel like they've got three confident starters but you know, having a competent starter and and they've got a closer that they believe in. I know that, and so, you know, I, I don't know that it's going to be. I would expect it to be sort of group of five, uh, you know, depth of pitching staff. In other words, mm-hmm. they and they're not pitching it backwards, as best I can tell. You never know who's going to perform well, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, they feel like if they can get a game to their closer and win one, I'm sure they would hop on that plane out of here excited you know and if they were to come in here and take two of three they'd probably be out over the moon but um you know I, I'm just saying that to say that you you know this like a lot of weekends and a lot of times when you play a team like this you you think about it in terms of of the totality of the three games because they may put their best foot they're not pitching it backwards again mm-hmm. but they may if you if you take care of them on Friday and Saturday in a way that the game the late innings aren't in reach in other words it's not three to three in the seventh or ten to ten in the seventh you know if, mm-hmm. if it's tied they'll go to their closer and air him out and try to win the game with their closer on the mound but if you get to sunday and he hadn't pitched yet that dude might come in, in the fourth inning and if he's really good 
then you you got to you know, and that that'll happen. It'll certainly happen in Big Twelve play at times. The Jayhawks did it a couple of years ago. We scored twenty six runs on Saturday, and then they they put their dude out there on Sunday and pitched well and you know beat us. You know, like dang, we could have swept those guys. I remember Jamie always saying, you know, the thing I like about the Jayhawks baseball program it's that they pitch it backwards. <laughs> he wow. just loved it. It was his favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, he just had great <laughs> admiration yeah, no, and not it. passionate hate. For it. Well, it's it's yeah, it's it's a way to <laughs> it's a way to make sure you're not getting swept, but it's a or, or it's a way to probably perhaps guard against that. And what you're hoping then is you can steal one on Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and then get to Sunday. It's also saying like but, yeah, Friday, Saturday, yeah, we luck. got we got yeah, no shot. No, there, there's no doubt about that. We and and what they're trying to do is get to a, get to the sixth inning and still be in a ball game on Friday or Saturday and try to tilt it their direction. But yeah, that's. And, and I'm just saying, we may get some of that with Gardner-Webb, but I would expect a much more competent opponent this weekend than what we had last week. And that'll be interesting to follow because Texas Southern is playing in Lawrence this weekend. So we can <laughs> Four-game series. Yeah, we can watch <laughs> them play another Big 12 opponent. Uh, tickets have been given away, so uh, have a great time to figure out who won it from Kyler here in just a moment. Uh, it is the juice when we come back. You got Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com, taking you all the way to 6 o'clock. That's when pregame coverage for Red Raider Baseball at home against Gardner-Webb will start a 6.30 first pitch tonight. Kyle Robinson on the mound and as I said Jack Washburn is your Sunday starter but getting uh, his first start as a Red Raider is one Big Mac Mac Hewer Clint Scott Dr. Mike Gustafson Kyla Brown behind the glass uh, and you know clearly Zane Petty uh, does not have the start that he wants or I should say two starts but the start to the year do you think that it would still be petty to see if he could work it out if Texas wasn't around the corner and this was kind of a sped up situation. Um. Yeah, you know the the because the math there might might have to do with the available the opportunity to pitch this upcoming midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because we've played we've played two midweeks and uh, you know the Tuesday Wednesday games. Brady Trombello pitched the Tuesday game through four scoreless, and then he was the player that was injured the other day mm-hmm. uh, in a serious way. Sounds like he's doing better. Mm-hmm. But, all you know, all of the, all that went into that. And so, you know, it, it's it's they'll, they'll have to gin up one of those guys, and it could be Rodgers. It could be Petty. And both of those are guys that, that are better arms on this staff just in terms of, you know, radar gun and can spin it and all those things. One of them needs to throw more strikes. The other one, you know, probably just needs to execute some pitches a little better. But those two guys, you know, could have have Big 12 weekend guy written all over them. But, you know, they just – they got to get right. And uh, I don't I don't know that there's a, a punishment or anything else associated with this, but I think mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you, you got to take them out of some of the bigger leverage situations to set yourself up for success, you know. Uh, because there is an element of this that – this weekend that you know probably still adding 
you know, a, another 10 pitches to pitch count or whatever else with, with these guys to try to get a little, you know, just to condition them to get a little deeper into ball games. Um, because as you said, next week it's a, uh, it's go time. Which that was a, you know, that's a question I have for Kyle Robinson's perfect since he's up first and, um, he, you know, hasn't really shown you anything that I think that you're concerned with him or has changed your mind on him or anything like that. Like what, what, inning count are you anticipating if everything's going right for him tonight is it yeah. six is it five what like what does that yeah, look like I, I, and that's that's probably the key there and, and you can really view it a, a couple ways you know we 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 probably are are smartest to think about any of these things in terms of a pitch count being a, a limit a number mm-hmm. you know whatever that is my guess would be in the you know, in the 80s, whatever, somewhere mm-hmm. like that. And it depends on how many comfortable pitches you've thrown versus how much of those are stressed. But then then uh, you think about, um, you know, t- Tim, I think over over time has gotten to, uh, gotten to where he's paid attention to um, 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 second time through the order, mm-hmm. you know, because gotcha. you see that in the big leagues. A lot of those guys mm-hmm. aren't going to pitch – through the order a third time unless they're really dealing mm-hmm. um and so you know he would have to be super super efficient to get through the order twice and be you know sitting on 60 pitches in a way that they could set him but you know he's all that saturday thing is also paired on is sort of paired with ryan free and and free can go free has kind of got a starting pitcher's load he can he can go 60, 70 pitches as well. And so mm-hmm. if you can go four or five with the starter and get four or five from free and call it a day in a perfect world, and then what that does is it allows you to save or to have the Sanders-type back of bullpen guys available on Friday and Sunday. How much does, like, uh, and I, I just asked this from, you know, if you're being honest with what you think should happen in this series does a like a big lead that you could have against Gardner Webb offensively does that change that decision at all or go you know you know maybe if if this were a closer game we'd go ahead and pull the trigger and say let's get a new arm in there or you know he's at he's at 60 he's at that kind of threshold but we're up by six we're up by seven something like that um probably not I I would imagine that there's now it, it what that what that could open up is, you know, you, you can maybe shut down a guy an inning earlier than you might otherwise. Because sometimes on big offensive days, we had this last week, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle Robinson uh, a couple different times was sitting on 25, 30 minute at bats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so those guys sit forever <laughs> and then go out and pitch. And Someone go wake it. up Robinson. He's, right. he's, he's taking a nap. <laughs> and then we did it two, inning, two innings later. We did it again. And he's suddenly, Joe Flackowing yeah, over there in the dugout. <laughs> he, he's been up and on for, you know, two two hours. Yeah. But, but he's got a 20-run lead. And then you can kind of go, hey, let's let's get, you know, Gus an inning and Clint an inning and whatever and yes. whatever. And you can kind of do it that way as, as opposed to – and you may still be throwing – the closer for an inning or two, but the the leverage is taken out of it, and so it does allow maybe for an opportunity to manage, uh, you know, to manage uh, just to manage the leverage situations. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, you're getting a bunch of guys to the mound this week and and setting yourself up for what's always a tough environment over in New Mexico. Not you know, and it, sometimes that's because it's 42 and windy. 
which it doesn't appear it's going to be that, but just that's a team that feels like they can beat you and make things tough, and they want to play a 14 to 12 game, and uh, you know, and it's something that you know, it's just the the challenge is real because if you think Lubbock's tough place to pitch, go get you some Albuquerque. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, so then, what about Mac Hewer? Perfect world situation for him. You know, what what kind of inning count do you think or pitch count do you think he's at? Is it going to be the same Hewer, across um, the board, yeah, or that's a good is question. that? He, yeah, at least now they in in scrimmages they may have had him going in the weekends leading up to because he's pitched on the weekends twice and so mm-hmm. for him it hasn't he hasn't deviated often to pitch it in the uta or oregon state games um and so i think he's been carrying sort of a starters load which means his pitch count his innings and things when they've been controlling the inner squads has probably been up around 70 pitches and in five innings um so yeah I don't, I don't know why we would expect it to be a whole lot different and they'd probably be delighted if he goes and gets that mm-hmm. like because um, he, he hadn't been walking people. I'm knocking on wood as I say that. He, he's been hit Everybody a couple of times. Yeah, yeah and, and his numbers are good too, but he, he hasn't, uh, you know, but he, he's given up base hits and stuff, and there will be a point uh, along the way that he'll need to get better with a secondary pitch, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, he'll, need, he'll need some sort of change of speed thing to get him off of just velocity. But the thing he's got, it's the reason why he's drafted. He's got the big body and all that stuff. But – the you know he he can, he throws pretty hard. I mean it's pretty firm, and he likes to throw hard, and he throws strikes with it and all that stuff. But if hitters, you know hitters are going to go up there off of him saying, "Hey, make him throw that slider to beat you," and he needs to be able to do that, or the cutter or whatever it is. He needs something else to get you off of his fastball, because even you know, and that's that's not anything different than anybody else. But he probably just needs to get a secondary pitch a little farther along. But the the fastball side of him is why he was drafted. We got this on the H1 Center chat line from Bullfighter. Is there a chance I'll get to meet Gus today? Uh, oh, Bullfighter? Well, yeah. I mean, I'll be up there. You can't really go beating on the press box door, though. That's one of the tough things about it. I guess you could wave at me through the booth, but I won't know who you are unless you hold up a sign, I guess, right? Yeah, I am Bullfighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come up there with a sign. Wave. Yeah, I'll... I'll, uh, I'll uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll Gus be up will there, be the uh, Gus will be the broadcaster in the booth with the mountain of Sour Patch Kids beside him, waiting to a trolley back over the weekend. Uh, this from Shelley. <laughs> Please don't remind me about that Kansas series two years ago. So frustrating, still. Yeah, and we and we won two of three, but we ended up throttling them on Saturday, the twenty-six run thing, and then. I think that's right, or 28 or whatever it was, and then losing on Sunday. So you still took two of three on the road. You look at the you look at the result and go, why are you so upset with that? And it's like, well, you handled them on Friday, Saturday, especially mm-hmm. Saturday, and then got you know couldn't finish the sweep. But yeah, I get you. I get it. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a little trip back in time. You've got Tech Talk here on Double T ninety seven three Double T ninety seven three dot com. Back with more next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Happy Friday. Hopefully you got a great weekend in store. Certainly got a lot of Texas Tech sports ready for you. It'll start tonight. Uh, of course, if you're over at... Uh, 
you were over at Rocky Johnson Field, you saw a split. Uh, Tech does lose to UTEP in game two of a doubleheader. Uh, they've got more games to come, though, this weekend in the Janine McKinney Memorial Tournament. Um, but we have Red Raider baseball coming up tonight after we're done. Double T 97-3, 630 pitch, first pitch, I should say, against Gardner-Webb. And then Red Raider basketball on the road at West Virginia tomorrow, 4 o'clock start time, 5 o'clock tip. Well, we need that one. Ooh, yes. Mercy. We need it, need it, need it, need it. One thirty. Come on, boys. Boys. One thirty. One oh seven seven. Yes, FM. Lady Raider basketball is at home for senior day. Two o'clock tip against the Kansas State Wildcats. Speaking of wild. Yeah, Wildcats. Yeah. Take that. Uh, Kyler, please give us your play of the day. In the pitch. High drive down the left field line. He massacred that ball. Adios, muchacho. T.J. Pompey. Pitch. High fly ball to center field. How much will it travel? Burns running out of room, and it is gone. Long gone. Adios, muchacho. The Red Raiders lead it 13-4. Owen Washburn saying but goodbye. 1-1 one, one turned on, and speaking of swinging it well, towering fly ball, that ball is out of here. Oh Owen Washburn with his second long ball of the day. Another two-run shot. Red Raiders now lead this thing 16-5. In the spirit of our Red Raiders, taking on Gardner-Webb this weekend, I figured I'd throw in a couple of dingers from their previous series sweep against Texas Southern. That uh, I get. that sparked a question in my head for you, Gus. Hey, Kyler, you've uh, you know, coming off of a weekend where you weren't playing a very good opponent, but the offense certainly shined. Five games before that, all in Arlington, mixed bag, uh, sort of feel with results. Um, what do you think has been the highlight so far in the very, very, very young season? Um. I I would say this. I think the uh, I think the uh, Nebraska baseball win. I mean that win is uh, helping because they're that Nebraska team is playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that now I think you're asking that question a little differently than I'm answering it. But that's just it, a little, it's wide open. I like I like the sidebar. Answer. They're they're five and three and you know getting a, getting a couple of uh, you know they they've. They went to uh, Grand Canyon and took three or four, and you know, so they're they're kind of helping us, uh, maybe helping us, you know, make our case the way RPI works, um, mm-hmm. in terms of you, you know, you you start to root for the teams, especially the teams you've beaten, because then they can they can sort of make your case for you. Mm-hmm. So go go Huskers, um, uh, but I, I would say the highlight. I mean it. You know, it's easy to point to offense and get all lathered up over last week and 32 wins and stuff. And certainly, anytime you set a record, even in most of the time, those and that that's what was so tough about the. Let's say most of the time those come in non-conference against the weaker opponent, and that's certainly what last week was. And that's what was also disappointing about two years ago at Kansas that you dump 28 on them one day and then get beat by them the next because mm-hmm. the you know they had we weren't sharp and they were they were behind their best guy and so 
but, you know, so the, those those don't really point to a single area that you can go, yes, 32 runs, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's easy to point to that and say, our offense is fine. If we just mm-hmm. pitch a little, you know, well, the ball's always going to fly in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, we got red flag warnings or whatever, wind warnings supposed to be sitting. It's not going to be the mess we dealt with the other day, but it's going to be at 20, 21 tomorrow on Sunday, you know. So uh, it'll be, and that's kind of wind out of the southwest. So the ball's going to be flying. Um, um, I, I don't know. I, I've I've been impressed. Like I, I think we've got a bunch of dudes that so far at least have thrown strikes, and and that was that was true. Now again, we we had one little blip with Petty not throwing strikes in a start that that was visible, and we ended up coming back and beating Nebraska in the game in which mm-hmm. he started, and then one one hiccup for. Uh, Rogers, in which he he didn't throw strikes and lost his start, and you know couldn't couldn't get out of the third or whatever it was, and so. But for the most part, this group has thrown strikes. Like we just haven't seen us sitting there at six or seven walks every game, and and you know some years you can be a pretty good pitching team, and and walk a lot. And we had some big arms, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, a bunch of hard throwers, and you just had to sort of deal with, hey, we're going to be a a high walk team and a high strikeout team. Two of those teams went to Omaha, so you know you can do that. You can live that way. It's just a little more precarious. I don't think this year's bunch is going to be a high strikeout group, so they don't need to be a high walk group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that's one one cause for optimism there. Um, I've been impressed by a couple of the new hitters, like Landon Stripling, most mm-hmm. notably, um, in a way that uh, I think. I think, uh, you know, like he, he's pushing. Like he's going to push. Like mm-hmm. he's he's creating problems for somebody. I don't know who that is. Well, and you already saw, you know, questions from this weekend. Now, one, I mean, you mentioned the defense hasn't been just sparkling from Gavin Cash. I know the hitting will lead the mm-hmm. conversation, but then Stripling gets action this past weekend and then just, to me, just takes full advantage right. of it and shows off why you should be excited about him. Yep, and he, you know, his, his he, he's going to hit and uh, – by the way, he's going to be a draft eligible sophomore next year, so most likely you're just getting two years of that guy. But um, um, yeah, so, so there's you know that, that immediately creates some depth, and hopefully we don't come to this. But the first you know if 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 we have an injury at a at a at any number of probably I don't know depending on how you want to look at it maybe four or so positions five I guess if you count DH you should have. Um, should have immediate baked in depth right there because your depth could be the other of cash and <laughs> stripling, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of saying something there. But, uh, yeah, so, again, hopefully the injury bug doesn't bite. And if it does bite, hopefully it bites in one of the positions where you, your immediate answer is a stripling or cash type situation. But, you know, I, I feel okay about the offensive depth. But I think we came into the season knowing that it was a little more of an offensive veteran lineup. This from Bullfighter. Never mind. Not going to meet Gus. He's talking bad about my Canadian Huskers. <laughs> no, <laughs> we were giving need, him a compliment. I'm good, man. We, we were giving I'm him a compliment. Now, dude, we need him. He stated a fact that you beat them and then that you uh, yeah, think that they're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. Back with more next. podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. 
It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, thoughts, comments, questions. We'll take predictions for the weekend as well. Whatever you got, we'll take it there. When Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman behind the glass. It is combine season. Ben Porman? Oh my gosh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> The artist formerly known as Ben Porman, now going by Kyler Brown, because they're different people. <laughs> if you wouldn't have stopped me, I would not have caught that I just did that. I need you guys all to consolidate. You, Ben, Brennan, just combine yourselves. Go by, like, by Brenniler or something. We'll figure it out. This on the Yates, well, I was going to say that it is a combine season. You're getting some already impressive marks. The uh, Texas defensive lineman who wreaked havoc, sweat all year. He ran his 40 yesterday. It was like, what, he's 366? 366 pounds. Running 5.27 on the 40 time. Where it's like you say, you see the guy who ran a 5.27 40? And you're like, that guy's going to the NFL. I was like, oh, by the way, he's 366 pounds. Goodness gracious. Mercy. Hey, I'm looking at Bucky Brooks. Mm -hmm. Mock draft. Chiefs? You got your Chiefs going mm-hmm. with a D lineman in mm-hmm. their first pick. Makes sense. D lineman from Missouri. That hurts. We'll forgive that him. Hurt, yeah, you, got, you got a linebacker, Nick Bolton, who went to Missouri, and we've forgiven him. It helps when you make really big plays in the Super Bowl. And yeah, it does. You I mean, can, he's a big reason why you beat the Eagles last year. You can clear your name. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, from, for after you get drafted from Missouri, we're just waiting to see if you uh, make up for it. Sure. You, you were successful despite. Um, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh one of the funniest Harry Carey impersonations came in a dialogue between Ryan Dempster and Derek Holland when they were both with the Rangers and both did a Harry Carey like this. Dempster intros Holland as Derek Hollister. Then Holland corrects him saying, it's not Hollister, it's Holland. Dempster then says, I didn't know you were from the Netherlands. Dempster proceeds to talk about a trip that he and Dutchie took to Holland. That is... Um... I've heard that one, and that one's pretty good. It's not as absurd as Will Ferrell's. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really funny. Yep. Um, we got some clarification also, Gus, on the goldfish party from Shelly. That girl, Shelly, uh, man. She says you swallow Bring a... Sm- oh, God, this is gross. <laughs> this is disgusting. It's like some 1950s stuff here, but go ahead. You swallow a small goldfish after every beer. To which someone says, it sounds awful. And I agree. Uh, Val says, goldfish swallowing (laughs) was a college thing 60 plus years ago. As in, how many could you swallow before throwing up? To which Shelly also said, they were tiny, which does not help. I don't care about the size of it. I also don't care if it's alive or dead. It's a goldfish. They were tiny but alive. Dude one got to like 15 or 17. He swallowed a whole school of goldfish, Gus. God dang. That is gross, man. Horrifying. Oof. Oof. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that painful. Who who in the building would most likely be talked into uh swallowing a goldfish? Be one of the clown one of you clowns. Probably in there, choice. Probably. Oh, not me. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
I'm going with choice. Let's go. I think we could do it. We should try it. Uh, we got this from T-Bone. I don't think our starting pitching uh, is going to be as good as it needs to be. I know it's early, but eyes don't lie. Where are you at with the starting pitching? It's, it's, I mean, obviously there's a move here on Saturday with Zane Petty, but... It'd be a whole lot better with... Uh, it'd be a whole lot better if it was... Uh, you know where they where they recruited and developed for, which is with Mason Molina going on Friday. But mm-hmm. that's me saying that. That's not nobody in the program is going to say that. But yeah, I mean that's what they recruited and built for. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like with with Kyle Robinson, Jack Washburn, where where would you grade where they are and what you think they will be right now? Because I, I haven't walked away with any concern for those two. Um. Yeah, Robinson's. Rob. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't. I don't know that either. Those two dominant guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Yeah. Need. You know. Need Robinson to keep extending and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Just get, get get deeper and get more innings and that kind of thing. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. And. Um, yeah, Washburn. You know, Washburn's been pretty dang good through four innings both times. Uh, I don't say he hit a wall. Now he, he gave up two two wind blowns last week, and uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think a, a walk and a base hit and a, a good mound visit and kind of settled him down and got him through that inning. But um, you know that, that he. Th- I mean, that's one of those things where you need a you need a veteran. One of the things that, and I think Coach Magel has, has said this, and Larry Hayes believed this too. They like playing games where the wind was blowing out like that um, because they felt like the other team, the visitors, were going to be way more affected by giving up the wind blown home run or a wind blown mm-hmm. pop up or some crap that should have been a foul ball that blows into the field of play and it's a cheap single or whatever. And, uh, and 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 they were right. Both those guys coached out here forever and won a zillion games. But you think about, um, you know, our guys also have to get, and they do. They don't really get it from fall ball either. Cause, you know, we, we're out here in the fall. The fall is probably our best season because you get out of the summer heat. Mm-hmm. We really don't have a lot of wind in the fall. Typically, you certainly mm-hmm. don't have the dust. No, it's a rare. And so those guys don't really get to pitch in the wind and get give up that kind of stuff, but they get exposed to it. And, uh, you know, Washburn kind of got it the hard way because he was clicking right along. He gives up two balls that just clear the fence by about a foot. Like, dude, that's a wind-blown home run. Keep your chin up. That's all mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cubs pitchers learn that. Rockies pitchers learn that. You know, when the wind's blowing out at Wrigley, like, you know, the thing you got to do around it is control walks and – Mm-hmm. clean up the defense as best you can so that when you do give up that windblown piece of crap that you that it doesn't wreck you for a three-run homer. Mm-hmm. And Washburn didn't. It was two solos. And then, you know, but it's still not an easy thing to deal with. And you, you want it to be a situation where it's tougher on tougher on that. you want Because you, visitors come in here and get swallowed up by that because mm-hmm. they're not used to it and they get rattled by it and all that. Um, so, and we're going to have that, I think, tomorrow and um, – it usually comes into play in the day games more so than the night, but I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I think, uh, you know, Washburn's going to be a draft guy this year. Does that mean he's going to be the Big Twelve Pitcher of the Year? No, but he the things that he's got in his his uh, holster, 
you know, he's he's got a chance to be, you know, to play the game for a while. And so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know what our starting pitching is going to be at the very highest end. In other words, matching matching low, shot for shot with a, a high end dude on a Friday night. That mm-hmm. that's gonna and, and again, that's less of a reflection of Kyle than it's gonna be hard to talk about this team and think about it and go, Man, that that should be Molina out there. And then if Molina's there, then that pushes Robinson, somebody else back you know, it pushes mm-hmm. you back into being deeper on the weekends and having more for midweeks and all that stuff, but you know, that's the way it goes. Um, I think uh so we'll 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 see where it goes from there, but I I, uh, I do worry about it at the at the highest, you know, at the highest level on the on the Friday night type games when you're when you're headed to the ballpark expecting three to two I, that makes me nervous, no doubt. Oh, we got this on the Ace Flooring Center chat line from Merch. Uh, finally moved back to the hub. We will enjoy listening to you guys. Well, welcome yeah. back and thanks for nice. tuning in. Heck yeah, what up, Merch? Uh, we will figure out. Uh, What's going on when we come back? We also got a question off of the Yates Flooring Center chat line for you. We only have one more with Gus uh, before we allow you to go, you know, do something else, I guess. Something baseball related. We'll find, I guess, you know, figure out what you're doing. See if you're lying or not. I'm just kidding. Keep the Sour Patch Kids going. <laughs> you're the uh, the gravy train for that. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. Back with more next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. 30 more minutes with us in 15 minutes. It's Ask Tech Talk brought to you by Visual Edge IT. Get your questions in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line for that. Uh, We'll take whatever you got. You can also give us your predictions for the weekend. You got baseball to pick from. Lady Raider basketball, Red Raider basketball. And we have a Nuggets at Lakers game. Uh, tomorrow, seven o'clock, one hundred point seven. The score. We'll take a prediction for that as well. Clint's you know what? Um, do you know who did that song there? Straight up. That is a uh, Paula Abdul. Do you know how she got her famous start? You know what she was famous for from the beginning? I do not. You know? I have no idea. My guess is going to be American Idol, but I mean, no, no this is <laughs> this tail end, tail end of the career. She, she was, she was before American Idol. <laughs> This is before American Idol. Sorry, I'm, she was, I'm sorry. <laughs> she, was, she was a Laker cheerleader. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. How about that? Oh. Learn something new. See, I, yeah. I'm here to I'm here to provide. Oh, if you didn't know, now you do. Right? Uh, you have any more Paula Abdul facts? That's, that's that was, that was impressive. I mean, one for one, but I was to see if you had a second one in there too. What was the cat that she, like the actual cartoon cat that she did a song with? Do you remember talking about? Yeah, don't know. Scat, scat cat? Uh, this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Chuck, are you a member of the Air Elite Dunkers? Does that... I have a feeling that's a trap question there. Are you familiar with the uh, Air Elite Dunkers? No. Okay. It sounds like uh, one of the halftime shows that does the trampoline. Oh, okay. I would assume something like okay. that. It doesn't sound like it's a, uh, a trap, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, this compliment from Radiation Station, Rock Chalk Tech Talk. Yeah. <laughs> this off of the uh, Yates Flooring. Whatever you want to think, man. This on the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line for Red Raider Baseball in the homestands. Good thing we don't play Tennessee six games in a row. Uh, you can hear coverage tonight after we're done, 6 mm-hmm. o'clock. Uh, it is Optimum Game Day Live. I want to remind you uh, of that. 
It says they're the next halftime show. So there you go. For oh, the they're air the dunkers. Next halftime show. Okay, then they, they're going to come in for the Baylor game. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. Uh, I'm, I'm done with the dogs. Or you don't like the, the dogs? I'm just done with them. I mean, I'm just, they were good. They're good. I'm just, I'm ready to, I'm mm-hmm. ready for the red panda to come back again. <laughs> Has she been here this year? Yeah, not here. Not this year. Not this She's year? She's been here a couple times. Yeah. But not this year. I got really excited in, uh, where were we most recently? Oh, Austin. Uh, I saw a unicycle when we went into the Moody Center and I thought, oh, is that the red pandas? <laughs> but it was this dude. I mean, this dude that had a beer gut. <laughs> and and he comes out there and he's doing these performances. I mean, he's pretty good. And then he gets on this unicycle that he had to get on a stepladder to get to get on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no way this guy is going to be able to balance himself. And man, he was he was fantastic. So do you think competition for Red well, Panda no, no, or I mean, uh, Red Panda's? There's only one unicycle rider in your heart, and it's, it's Red elite. Panda. She's elite. You know? <laughs> she's what set the standard. Flip those. Flick those teacups up under her head. I mean, that's you want to go up and ask him like, I, like, did you get started because well, of red pandas? So while you're in I the game, I mean, the unicycle halftime but, game. But here's what the guy did. He took a basketball and he dribbled it. He dribbled it. Well, how how tall? I'm telling well, you, this I mean, this thing was. If you're having to get on a ladder at on, all for a unicycle, it's already crazy. I mean, where they cut down nets, you know, yeah. that kind of ladder. Okay. And he got up several steps. I mean, it was again, it was pretty tall up. I mean, it it was. I don't know. It's probably six feet at least, maybe. Gosh, so it was. He's dribbling, and he's dribbling. Right, he's dribbling oh. while he's riding, and he kind of got wobbly and thought, "Okay, here he goes." But he didn't. He he hung on, and then he he dribbled up and hit a basket. And I thought, "Well, that's pretty cool." So then he dribbled back from the three point line, and hit a basket from wow. the three point line. That takes uh-huh. some arm strength to be able to do that. Arm strength, balance. I, I don't know. Accuracy, that's a, the whole thing. I, I'm gonna have to look it up because. Uh, that is a that's competition territory to me. Was, I wonder if uh, if like red pandas it looking was, to it's, like it's kind of blue collar. It's kind of blue collar. It'd be like blue collar red panda. Yeah, because <laughs> this guy again, which is what he should go by. He was, what I'm going to call him. He's kind of it's kind of scraggly beer gut. You know the shorts weren't really that. They weren't pressed. Mm-hmm. You know he just he looked he looked like he'd kind of walked in out of a bar and then he's like going to entertain us and he did. <laughs> <laughs> like someone hand me that unicycle. Yeah, I'm but I can tell you, you the something. dog guy the other day uh, at the Lady Raider game, he was fantastic. Yeah, but you're done with the dog. I, I just, yeah, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're going to have something different. Like done just this season, or like even no, next just, season, just for now. Okay, just, yeah, just give it now. a break. Come yeah, back. Give around. it a break. Yeah. Okay. Radiation station, help me out. Yes, the song was opposites attract. Okay. With the cartoon cat, which was always strange, and I wonder how she handled that. I'm like, all right, he's going to be dancing. Next to you and Paula, you're just gonna you know go wild. Uh, this on the Ace Flooring Center chat. Let me get an all hell Chuck. Oh, thank you. A uh, couple of pictures put up of the uh, Texas Tech scoreboard. You were driving around. I that did that earlier. earlier. I was today. at the Tech Club for lunch today, and i i posted I posted one. Did you guys think that that was the whole thing? Did you get confused by that picture or no? I don't know. I I. I that I was didn't. A different show. I didn't get confused by it. I think McGuire got oh, a little confused on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. Didn't think I had to spell it out. I said no, making you shouldn't have making to. progress. It didn't say it was done. Okay, I said making. And here's the thing: I am. I here's one thing I'm surprised, and I'm pleasantly surprised by this. Uh-huh. With the with regard to the double T scoreboard, I thought based on the artist renderings that we had seen that it was going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. than the previous double T mm-hmm. scoreboard. I thought it was going to be just a little, maybe 
I'll just use the word flashy, but I'm not being critical because I think they absolutely nailed it by by duplicating the double T scoreboard that was there previously. This one is just larger. You thought it was going to have more of like a new school look instead of being not more necessarily, of a, a copy. Not necessarily the not necessarily the 3D tech logo, and I'm fine with the 3D tech logo. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with either one. I prefer my preference. I think is the the beveled double mm-hmm. T versus the flat double T, but I'm fine with either one. I mean, I, I understand. The flat double T has history and heritage, and it means mm-hmm. a lot to people. And I'm good. I'm I'm good with either one. I just thought, based on the artist renderings, it was going to be a little bit different. But I'm, I think the athletic department absolutely nailed it and did absolutely the right thing by just saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna take what we had, we're gonna make it bigger, we're gonna put it up taller, and it's gonna be the same damn thing. And it, it I think it's gonna look awesome. Which I don't think that you're alone by any means of being excited about that because whenever we were first discussing hey there's going to be renovations over there a lot of people it was the first question out of their mouths what are you going to do with the scoreboard it's been a question for for 10 years yeah and so 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 i've long told jamie this and he's kind of poo-pooed this that people like to take pictures of that final score and use it as a christmas card sometimes for the for the for the upset of the year it's not every year it's not every year I don't, I don't know. know. I don't hate that if someone wants to do it. Yeah. I I have uh, really no opinion. <laughs> if they if that what's make what makes them happy, sure. Do it. Go for By it. By all means, sure. right? There's much worse Christmas cards out right. there. Yeah. It's 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 genuine, right? Shows your passion. Are you a Christmas card guy? Do you send one out? You know, I, we used to. We mm-hmm. used to we used to, we I used to send them, but I've I've not done that in quite some time. We just never did that. Growing up, growing up, yeah, and so I'm I'm thankful that I didn't uh, marry into a big Christmas card family either. Okay, I just don't have the patience for any sort of pictures. Really, especially with do you that, take like, a lot of pictures? No, not no, really. not really. Uh, certainly not of us. I think you, that like since my wife and I have been married, we had our wedding photos, and then there's like two photos of us circulating. <laughs> That's probably would, a, would you would you like to? Take a wild guess as to how many pictures I have on my on this phone right now. I would love to take a wild guess. How long have you had the phone? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll just give a, a random number. 2,526. Not even close. Oh, my gosh. 10,291. Not even close. One million. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think... I think there's close to this is going to sound this is going to sound bad probably. I think there's upwards of 50,000 pictures on this phone. Wow. What do you, what do, you do with them? Well, Just I have them. I, I mean, do you, like do you go through them? Sometimes or, or sometimes I send them to people or things like that. I mean, I like like if you if you get shown on the JumboTron like it at uh, Jones Stadium, Raidertron 5000, or <clears throat> Godson over there at United Supermarkets Arena. Sure. And I have my phone. Fo- I, I will take a picture, and if I know your number, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got okay. you. Like your kids or something. or But I got a million pictures of my kids. So it's not necessarily stuff like, I'm going to remember this forever. It's more, you have I'm, more of a in the moment. But I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a make sure we got a picture of this. Uh, my family kind of gets a little disgusted with me because I want to make sure it's perfect and I make sure it's good and, and mm-hmm. it's I suffer from the it's never good enough disease I'll use the Jamie line of you do you that's yeah. right you're not alone okay. I'm cannot stand <laughs> I, can't, 
I especially hate having to pose for pictures. Again, it's probably a patience issue. It's really a me problem. It's Tech Talk here in Double T 97.3. Ask Tech Talk when we come back. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.